Thank you for where you, you put the, the covenant and the covenant calling in Abraham's heart. God, we, we thank you that you led us out of, of slavery and in Egypt. God, we, we thank you that you provided manna in the wilderness. God, we thank you that you brought down the walls of Jericho. God, we, we thank you. We thank you, Jesus, that you gave a shepherd boy a stone. God, we, we thank you, Lord, that, that you provided a way when there was no way over and over and over again. And we thank you that it all made its way into that little town of Bethlehem, the house of bread that nobody had ever heard of before in a stable because there was no room available at the end. We thank you that the substance of all creation, that the apex of all of existence was laid in that manger on that Christmas night, God. God, we love you, we praise you, we worship you. God, we invite you into this place that you would inhabit the praises of your broken people, Father. We, we just adore you. We adore you and we worship you. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And all God's people said, man, come on. Y'all ready to go to work? I, I say go to work because I didn't come here to play games with Scripture today. I came here to, pro, to proclaim Scripture today. Uh, you know why? Because, let me just take a sidebar real quick and just say this. Because broken people don't need entertainment. They need encounter. If they don't need entertainment. They need encounter. And we as the redeemed are not called to provide entertainment. We're called to provide encounter. That's what we're about here, man. We're not about attraction. We're about authenticity. Can somebody say Amen. amen. Now, if you're entertained, that's great, man. If you love Carly singing, great. I do too. Hey, if, you, if you like the way that I preach and that, that does something for you, man, that's great. I, I hope you do. But that is not our purpose here. Our purpose is encounter. The reason that, that, that our team is up here singing praises to God is because God inhabits the praises of his people, and that provides encounter. The, the reason I'm up here is not because I can do a cool speaking job today. This is not a TED Talk. Somebody say amen. Now, I came here to proclaim the word of the living God. You know why? Because you can encounter God in his word. We came here to provide encounter today. And, and you know, some people told me, man, you can't have a Christmas service the day after Christmas. Nobody will care. <laughs> One of the reasons I wanted to do our final Christmas service today was so that I could say this. I don't care when he was born. I don't care when he was born. I care that he was born. Yeah, man. Because my salvation is not dependent on a date. My salvation is dependent on a child. And I don't care when they laid him in the manger. I care that they laid him in the manger. Can somebody say amen? amen. Well, preacher, it probably wasn't even in the winter when he was born. I don't care. It wasn't actually a, a wooden, you know, feed trough. It was more of a stone basin. I don't care. I don't care. Well, you know that they stole the Christmas holiday from a pagan sun god in Rome. I don't care. My salvation is not dependent on Rome. My salvation is dependent on a Jew. A Jew, a Jewish child laid in a manger. And I know it's true because the word of God says that it's true. When did it happen? I don't know, but I will. Hey, Jesus. I know all this glory and astounding things are going on and we're all on our knees singing, holy, holy, holy. When's your birthday? <laughs> what? He'll tell me. But really, I won't care at that point. You know why? Because I'm going to be busy, my eyes fixed on Jesus. 
saying, holy, holy. Oh, y'all gonna make me do it, aren't you? <laughs> holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Holy, holy, holy. And that's all that I'm gonna care about in that moment. That's it, that's it. Doesn't matter when he came the first time, but you know what does matter? When he comes back the second time. I don't know when that is either. It doesn't matter when it's gonna happen. It just matters that it is gonna happen. But you know, someday he's gonna split open that eastern sky and he's gonna come walking back on the scene. And for some, it's gonna be the most glorious day of all existence. And for some, the most terrifying. I hope that after I get done speaking today that you find yourself on the right side of that equation. Can somebody say amen? amen. Let's get to work, man. Let's get to work. One verse today. Stay with me for the reading of God's word. One verse. That's all I need today. One verse and we might get out of here so we can do Titus's drive-by birthday party. Y'all are all invited to drive by. One time only, y'all invited to drive by my house today. We're going to meet up uh, right across the Green River Bridge right there by the car wash down there about 1250. So yeah, one time only. <laughs> Yeah. One verse today, the book of Isaiah, chapter 9, verse 6. Very famous verse, man. This, keep in mind, this was written about 700 years before the birth of Christ, right? Just more or less, Vince would tell me the exact number. 737 years, to be precise. He'll get back. He'll do it. It's all good. Isaiah, chapter 9, verse 6, the Bible says this, For a child will be born for us. A son will be given to them, no, to us, right, 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 a son, a child will be born for us, a son will be given to us, and the government will be on his shoulders, that, that means the responsibility of all things doesn't lie on us, it lies on him, and he'll be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. A better translation is Lord of Peace. I think they did that for alliteration's sake here where it says Prince of Peace. They just want it to sound cool. Other places in the Old Testament that, that is translated as Lord of Peace. I want you to, to own that. It's not some secondary royal title. Does that make sense, everybody? So, so when it says Prince of Peace, it means King of Peace. It means Lord of Peace. It means ruler and epitome and, 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 and very manifestation of peace, right? The dominion, well, yeah, that's the words from my stop. I'm not going to read, read the rest of them. I'll stop at peace. Stop at the word peace. That's all we need today. Let's pray. God, we just pray that you will just wreck us today. Oh, we pray that you'll just wreck us today, that, you're, that the power of your love would just be made so real in this place that we would just focus on you and you alone and get rid of all the rest of the garbage that we packed in here with us. God, I pray the stresses of the Christmas holiday would just fall away. God, I pray the worries about what next year is going to be like would just fall away. Hey, God, I pray the pressures that have been put on us by ourselves and by others around us and by the world at large would just fall away. God, I pray that the pressures of church would just dissolve right now in the blood of Christ. God, I pray that all that's left at the end of the day when it all crumbles away is just you. Just you and you alone in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Give God praise with me today, can you? <clears throat> Man, we, we've read this scripture a million zillion times. We read it every Christmas. Sometimes I read it when it's not Christmas, man. It's, it's you know, I love the book of Isaiah. Uh, it, it's, it's filled with the most Jesus prophecies in the whole Bible. It's just incredible the way that it's put out there for us. 
uh, but, but we, we, we read this little list here, and I think sometimes we get focused on the, on the, the titles that are given, right? Sometimes we get focused on the titles, counselor. And we know that he is, he is counselor, man. He's gonna bring a kind of wisdom that can only come from God. He's gonna bring a kind of wisdom that you can't find in the world. I mean, he's the one, man, look at the, the Sermon on the Mount, man, the Beatitudes, man, he had it all. I mean, he knew how to solve everything. I mean, you run into stuff today and I always tell people, man, the answers to all the questions that you need are in the book. Matter of fact, you can find all the answers you need just in the red letters alone, just in the words of Christ, you can find everything that you need. He is counselor, he is wisdom. You know, we look down at him, he is God. I mean, the next one says he's God, he's mighty God. We know that he is God. I mean, he says, I am. You know, he's talking to the woman at the well and, and she's, you know, someday he's gonna come and she, he says, I am. I am. We know that he's God. You know, and it says father, it says, says everlasting father, eternal father, I like eternal a lot better, I'll get to that in a minute, but it says eternal father. And we know that, that you know, uh, Thomas said, well, why don't you just show us the father? And Jesus said, if you've seen me, then you've seen the father. I only do what my father does. I'm the perfect image of the father. And, and really that, that when he says uh, everlasting father, eternal father, that what he means is that he's gonna provide, he's gonna protect, he's gonna do everything that a father should forever and ever and ever. Does that make sense? And that last one we get, Lord, Prince, whatever you want to call it. We know that when he comes back, he's written on his leg, uh, where it says, Lord of Lords, King of Kings, right? Lord of Lords and King of Kings. We know that he is King of glory. We know that he is King over all the earth. Man, the titles all make sense. Today, I don't want to talk about the titles. Today, I just want to talk about the descriptors. I just want to talk about these adjectives and, and these words that are, that are used just to describe him. Just to describe him. And, and I think they do a, uh, obviously, you know, our, our, our language is limited, but, but as far as our limited language, they can do a good job to describe who he is. The first word they use is wonderful. Wonderful. To, to, to be, for something to be wonderful, it means that it's so unusual or awe-inspiring that it just causes wonder. That you would just gaze upon him and just be transfixed by him. And, and that's just wonderful. To be wonderful means to be filled with that. Right? It means to be filled with that. To be so filled with wonder to make us just stop in our tracks and just be in awe of him. I mean, he is wonderful. And he's always been wonderful. He's been wonderful since before creation began. He was wonderful all through his life. He was wonderful in his death. He was wonderful in his resurrection. And he'll be wonderful when he comes back and splits that eastern sky wide open. Can somebody say amen? amen. Wonderful. You know, too often today we settle for wonder plated, don't we? I was in New York City one time and this guy came up to me and said, let me sell you a Rolex. And I was like, I'm this little boy from Kentucky. I was like, a Rolex? He was like, yeah, a Rolex. Sure enough, R-O-L-E-K, it was a Rolex. He sold a couple of them to the people that we were with, like 20 bucks for a Rolex, right? I was like, I hear this Rolex ticking. He's like, yeah, Rolex, Rolex ticks. Some of your Rolexes don't tick, right? It was a facsimile of the real thing. It was a ripoff version of something that already has the reputation to be something beautiful and amazing. And too often here in this world, we fall for the ripoff version of Jesus. We fall for the ripoff version of Jesus. We, we fall for, and not just Jesus, man, we fall for anything in this world that's just wonder-plated. And then we realize when it gets a little scratch put in, a little dent put in it, we realize that that wonder-plating doesn't go all the way through. And, and then we're left with something that looks good on the outside but has no substance on the inside. 
Well, the word of God says that Jesus wasn't much to look at. It does. It says that he wasn't special in any way, that he wasn't much to look at. Uh, one of my favorite scenes in that show, The Chosen, that, that everybody loves so much, is when they're at the wedding in Cana, and, and, and Mary's cousin is like, tell me about Jesus, I bet he's so handsome now. And she's like, eh. But, but, but that's, a, that's a throwback to this scripture where it says that he wasn't much to look at. But on the inside, uh, when we get past all the stuff that people in the world get focused on, when we get past all the, 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 the trappings and the extras and the icing that goes all around him, when you get past that stuff and you get into the inside, man, he's filled with truth and grace and wonder. Filled with wonder, overflowing with wonder. And, and this is what that means to you. Everything that you ever needed in your whole life was found right here. Everything that you ever conceived of in your life was, was put into the body of this infant child and laid in a manger. But the Bible says that God was pleased to let his fullness dwell within Christ. Pleased to let his fullness and, and everything that everybody in the world could ever need was, was, was formed in this infant's body and just wrapped in swaddling clothes and laid in a manger. Everything that you could ever need. All your hopes, all your dreams, all your desires, the real fulfillment of who you can be as a person was laid in this manger on that Christmas day. Everything. Wonder. Filled with wonder. And let me tell you, man, if you're looking for it somewhere else, you are looking in the wrong place. If you're opening doors that the world has closed to try to find what you need, it's wrong. If you're, if you're opening up letters that the world has mailed to you, man, mark those return to sender and put that crap back in the mailbox. You don't need none of that. You don't need any of that, man. Everything that you need is found right here. He is wonderful. He's wonderful. I love the next one, man. Mighty God. He's mighty. Man, man, all the strength of heaven was wrapped in that infant's body and laid in that manger. And you may be thinking, now look, pastor, that doesn't make any sense. Infants are the weakest things that there are. They can't even hold their own neck up. And then my little Zeke gets a little too, too big for his britches, right? And he holds that little neck up and he throws it. And, ah, smashes me right in the face. And then you got to catch him like he sticks that neck up and it falls over and you got to catch it, right? How can an infant be strong that came in to hold their own head up? And yet I'm telling you all the might of creation, all the power of God was wrapped up in that infant's body and laid in a manger. Well, listen to this. Potential energy is measured in joules, right? Potential energy is measured in joules. Now, 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 that energy hasn't been expended yet, but the potential energy is there and there's a measurement for it. So what I'm telling you is that when that infant was born and laid in that manger, that his joules measurement was off the scales. As soon as he was laid in there, the bow was pulled taut. You hear me? The, the spring was stretched to, to its limit. All the potential power of God was available right there in that, in that manger, man. It hadn't been unleashed yet, but the potential power of God was present in that manger. All the potential power of God laid in that manger in that infant's body. All of it. All of it. And then it started to be unleashed little by little. The blind will see. The deaf will hear. The lame will jump for joy. 
the dead will live again. And little by little, that power starts to be unleashed. And then, of course, the crescendo. I mean, it's all building up to this crescendo. And then, all of a sudden, man, he gets nailed to the cross and the power of God is unleashed. The arrow is shot. The spring releases. All the power of God comes flooding all throughout the earth. Sin is defeated. Death is overcome. And the power of God reigns supreme over all the earth. Can you say amen? But here's the beautiful part. When that arrow was shot, the string was still pulled tight. Do you hear what I'm saying? When, when the spring was released and all the potential power of God flowed out, the spring was still pulled just as tight as it ever was. What, what I'm saying to you is this. When the potential power of God was unleashed over all the earth, there was still just as much power available in Jesus Christ. Oh, so the same power that rose Jesus from the dead, alive and available in you, alive and available in you, just as much power. That's the craziest part about Jesus. He defies all expectations. Physics don't make any sense to Jesus. They're like, you can't walk on water. He's like, watch me. Lazarus has been dead four days. I don't care. You can't do any of that stuff. Yes, I can. You just poured out all that power. There can't be any more. Au contraire. There is a never-ending source of the power of God. And it was laid in that manger. And it was nailed to a cross. And it was put in a borrowed grave. And you know what? The power of God never, never abated even for a second. All those jewels still there. Well, how can this be? The power of God keeps flowing out and these numbers remain the same because that's who he is. He's a stream of never ending water. He is the power of God made real on the earth and he never runs dry. What's that mean for you? It means that his strength is made perfect in your weakness. Can you say amen? And, 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 and the weaker that you are, the stronger that he is in you. And the more power that you require from him, the more that he is blessed to pour out on you. Can you say amen? amen. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. And the more dependent on him that we are, the more that he just continues to flood us with it. Because that's the kind of God that we serve. That that's the kind of God that we serve. He never runs out and he never runs dry. He wants to be there for you in every moment of your life. The big things and the little things. The, the stuff where you said, man, this is, too, this is too small of a problem to bother Jesus with. I got to handle this one on my own. Oh, that's a lie from the pits of hell. If you can't find your left shoe, man, Jesus wants to help you. And yeah, it sounds stupid, man, but how much frustration time have you spent because you can't find your stupid car keys? Well, stop and pray a minute. And then there's some things you think are too big. It's like, man, I'm too far gone. I'm too far gone. I've been out here too long. I'm too deep in the darkness, man. I can't get away. And that's where Jesus thrives in stuff that can't be done, in people that can't be saved. Because the weaker you are, the more his strength comes through. The, the more you need him, the more he's going to show up there in your life. Those that have been forgiven much, love much. You know why? Because those who need much to much is given. Because that's the kind of God that we serve. I have wonderful counselor, a mighty, mighty God. And the next word that we used to describe him is eternal. 
And I know some translations say everlasting, but I like eternal more. You know why? Because everlasting makes it seem like he's going to last forever. No, no, no. Eternal is better because not only will he last forever, he has been forever. Y'all know my very favorite scripture in all the Bible. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Since before the beginning of time, he has been with God and he will always be. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. He'll never abandon us. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. He is eternal. He's eternal. And what's that mean for you? It means this, man. He's not surprised by what's going on in your life. Hey, hey, there's nothing new under the sun. He's seen it all before and you know what? He loves you anyway. He's the same yesterday and today and forever. He doesn't change like the, like the winds or like the shifting sands like we do. But he is a solid rock. He is the cornerstone of all salvation. He's always the same. Man, if you're doing what you're supposed to do and sitting on the front row in church and reading your Bible every day, man, he loves you. If you're out there in a trap house somewhere and you don't even know where you spent last night, man, he loves you still. And he'll show up in our life right here in the church just like he will that person that's in an alley right now, man. It's kind of God he is. He's eternal. He's an eternal being. He's not shifted by emotion. He's not shifted by, by, by different circumstances or situations, man. He is eternal. He is steadfast. He is rock solid because that's the kind of God that we serve. Can somebody say amen? amen. That's the kind of God we serve. It's who he is. It's what he does. He is eternal. I love this last one, man. Because it's the most important. I mean, it's awesome that he's wonderful, just filled with wonder, overflowing with it. You know, his cup overflows with wonder. And it's, 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 it's great that he's mighty, man. He's got all the strength that we could ever need in our lives. And I mean, there's nothing that can overcome him. He is everything. Man, my, my, one of my other favorite verses in John 16, 33, where he says, I'm telling you things so you can have peace, right? Because in this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, because I have overcome the world. I've overcome the world. And you know, I, I, my son says his favorite Bible character is Revelation Jesus. You know why? Because nobody holds a candle to Revelation Jesus. Like, like Revelation Jesus doesn't walk into a room and anybody have something to say. He's the man. He's mighty. Nobody can overcome him. Nobody can stop him. He is the end of, every, of all things. He's the beginning and the end. He's eternal. He's always been, he'll always be. You know what that means? That in your best times and your darkest times, he is there. He is there for you, available, accessible, and ready to help in every possible way. But man, this last part is the most important. The Bible says that he's the Prince of Peace, the, the, the Lord of Peace. Peace. He is of peace. And, and, and some of us take that to mean, well, it means if I get with Jesus, I can have peace in my heart. I have peace in my mind. I can have peace between me and my relatives. Please, with my relatives. And man, Jesus does provide those things sometimes. But that's not why it came. You know, I just told you, man, that maybe you're entertained by coming to our church services here. God bless you if you are, but that's not our purpose here. Our purpose is encounter. And, 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 and the, the Jesus does cause you to have a better relationship with yourself and with the world around you, with your friends and neighbors and relatives and all the people because he does give you peace in your heart. That, that, that's cool, but that's not his purpose. 
The reason why Jesus came was to give you peace with God. The reason that he was laid in that manger was to give you peace with God. You know why? Because you, without Christ, are at war with God. And you're thinking, I'm not at war with God. Yes, you are. In our sin, we are in full rebellion against God. In our sin, we are in full rebellion against the kingdom of God. Every lie, every, every theft, every aggression, every, every terrible thought, all the things that we've done in our life, every single one of those things is an affront to the holiness of God. And when we do those things, we are raising the flag of rebellion and we are starting a revolution with him and trying to overthrow his kingdom. We're trying to overthrow his kingdom. Every sin is an arrow fired in defiance of the kingdom of God. Every single one. And so when he says, I'm the Prince of Peace, man, Jesus Christ came to be the only way that we could ever have peace with God. Otherwise, the wrath of God is pointed directly at us. And it's just true. It's just true. And yet when that infant was laid in the manger, everything changed. He truly made a way where there was no way. He truly was working, even though we couldn't understand it, we couldn't see it, we couldn't fathom it. And man, this infant child was such a disappointment to so many. Such a disappointment to so many. See, the Jewish people wanted a political leader wearing golden armor and riding a white horse to ride in and defeat the Romans and give them their country back. When what they should have wanted was a perfect God that was incarnate into flesh and bone that was gonna go and give them their relationship with God back. Because I'm telling you, there's nothing that any Roman or any whatever could ever do to us that measures up to what it means to be separated from God. And so this infant child was born with all the potential power of God loaded within him and filled with the wondrous mysteries of God, this eternal being made flesh and bone, laid in the manger so that he could make peace for us with God. Prince of peace. The prince of peace. Because if our relationship is not right with God, then our relationships are not right anywhere. I love that the Christ candle sits at the center of the set. I I love that the Christ candle sits at the center of the set because it's Christ that sits at the center of our lives and in him all things are brought into unity. In him all things are brought into unity. Man, if Jesus is at the center of our lives where we need him to be, everything else falls into place. Because once we have peace with God, then that can transcend into every other aspect of our life. And the the, the power of God's love just at the center of our hearts, the center of our lives, the center of all things. This infant laid in a manger filled with wonder filled with the potential power of God, this eternal being made flesh and bone so that he could bring about peace between God and his people. 
everything that happened in the video that we watched before this sermon started. Every event took place led up to this moment where the creator entered into his creation and changed everything for all time. Why does that matter to you? It matters to you more than anything could ever matter. Because in Christ, it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what's been done to you. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter what people have labeled you as. It doesn't matter what you've looked in the mirror and called yourself. None of that matters anymore. Because in him you can have peace with God. And once you have peace with God, it changes you. 2 Corinthians 5 says, those that are in Christ are a new creation. The old is gone. And a new life has begun. Because he that knew no sin became sin so that you could become the righteousness of God. You know what else was laying in that manger? Your righteousness. Your righteousness. Because the best that we can do is filthy rags next to the glory of God. And yet there wrapped in filthy rags is the righteousness of God. For any and all that would receive it. You know why he came? For encounter. To encounter you right where you are. That he would encounter those shepherds as they came and bowed before him. That he would encounter those wise men from the east that brought gifts of gold for a king, frankincense for a god, and myrrh for a funeral. That at 12 years old, he would encounter the teachers in the temple court. And they would know then that something was about to happen. that he could encounter the prophets in the temple when he was being dedicated. Enough that the old man would say, just go ahead and take me home now, Lord. I've seen everything I need to see. That he would encounter some fishermen on the the shores of the Sea of Galilee and said, hey, 
won't you stop fishing for fish and come and follow me and we'll fish for men born in that manger so he could encounter Matthew at the tax collector's booth and say hey why don't you leave behind all this stuff and come with me and the Bible says immediately he got up and left that he could encounter Nathaniel and, and, and Philip and, and that he could say hey I seen you under that tree oh you must be God greater things than this you'll see that he could encounter a woman at a well and tell her everything that she ever did. In a way that sent her screaming back into town saying, he's God, he's God, the Messiah is here. That he could encounter the, the paralyzed man at the, at the pool and say, hey, do you wanna be well? Take up your madden go on home that he could encounter a woman that was about to be stoned for the sin of adultery and say to the people around there go ahead take her life but let he who is without sin throw the first stone and he encountered them and her That he could encounter a woman that had an issue of blood for 12 years just by walking through a crowd. That he could encounter the blind men on the side of the road screaming how the son of David That he could encounter the man that was, was let down through the roof and laid at his feet. And say, my son, your sins are forgiven. That he could encounter a multitude of people and say, hey, I'll feed every one of you. And all I need is just a little bit that you've got. that he could encounter Peter out there in that storm and say, come to me, walk on the water. That he could even encounter the enemy as he walked along And say to him, man, still man don't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Why don't you get out of here? Born in that manger so he could walk through life encountering people. Showing them how wonderful, mighty, eternal, and full of peace that he is. Encountering the, the woman who said her daughter was possessed by, by a demon and giving her just the crumb that she asked for, nothing more, nothing less, but exactly what she needed in her life.
encountering the Roman centurion and saying, oh no, your servant is healed. All I have to do is say it. Encounter. And even an encounter with his own humanity in the Garden of Gethsemane. Where he came face to face with what it means to be a man. And he said, Father, if there be any other way, no more human thing to see to say, you understand? Father, if there be any other way that you would take this cup from me. And yet, not my will, but your will be done. So that he could encounter a mob that took him into jail so that he could encounter a, a priest that would condemn him so that he would encounter a Roman ruler that would wash his hands of him so that he could encounter two thieves hanging on crosses beside him. One that mocked him, but one that received him. So that he could encounter death. And then in that encounter, win the victory over sin and the grave. Saying, oh, death, where is your sting? Where is your victory? So that on the morning of the third day, he could encounter Mary Magdalene at the tomb and say to her, Mary, Mary, why so upset? From there, he appeared to the disciples in encounter. And 500 more. So that he could prove that it was true. And he did all this so that he could encounter you wherever it was. Maybe it was in a traditional church with stained glass windows where you had your encounter. Maybe it was in an eight by 10 concrete metal where you had your encounter. Maybe it was right here in this old abandoned theater building where you had your encounter. Maybe you were up on a hill out in the woods like me. Maybe that's where you had your encounter. Wherever it was. Doesn't matter where it happened. It just matter that it happened. 
Doesn't matter when it happened. Just matters that it happened. He did all this and all that for that encounter. Maybe you're waiting on that encounter today. Maybe you're waiting for him to walk into your life today. Well, let me tell you, he's waiting too. Just waiting for you to say yes. Just waiting for you to say yes. To him so that the arrow gets shot so that the spring gets released so that the potential power of God the jewels if you will become the newtons of work done in your life how do we get there because well, this is the gospel of Jesus Christ that leads to encounter. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's me and you and everyone you've ever known. The, the little old lady that's, that's got her KJV only and her little church candy sitting on the front row, man, she needs Jesus. The businessman that's sitting in a high rise right now that just formulated a, 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 some kind of a, a strategic plan that I call a scheme to collect somebody else's dividends. Man, he needs Jesus. The addict that wanted to come to church today but was afraid that we would stare at them because they was too high to walk in the door. Yeah, they need Jesus. Somebody sitting in this room right now needs Jesus. Everybody sitting in this room needs Jesus. But somebody needs to encounter him for the first time. Somebody right now has got their strong face on. Somebody right now still got their Christmas face on. Merry Christmas. And on the inside, you want to break right in two. There's wonder for that. There's mighty for that. There's eternal for that. Most importantly, there's peace for that. So the wages of sin are death, man. The best that we could do on our own is death. Our righteousness is filthy rags, man. We got nothing to offer God, nothing. That's why it's the gift of God that's eternal life in Christ Jesus. Nothing we can earn, nothing we can buy, nothing we can, can, can ever be deserving of, and yet it's a gift that's given if it'll just be received. He was born in that manger to encounter you. He died on that cross to encounter you. He came walking out of that grave to encounter you. He showed his great love for us, and while we were still sinners, he died for us. And he died for the addict in the alley and the preacher in the pulpit and everybody in between. Everybody. Because all that call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Oh, I don't care if you've been an addict your whole life, man. He'll save you and change you. 
I don't care if you've had the most judgmental spirit and, and just have looked down on everybody your whole life, man. He'll save you and he'll change you. I don't care if up until this moment you thought you had it figured out on your own. That one's harder, but he'll save you. It doesn't matter. He saves you at your worst. It's who he is. If you believe in your heart that he's risen from the dead, if you'll confess with your mouth that he's the Lord of your life, he'll save you. And he'll change you. He'll make peace between you and God. And when you've got a friend in God, everything changes. So man, if you're here today and you need Jesus Christ in your life, if you need him to save you like he saved me, if you need him to reach down and take all those broken pieces and by his blood put them back together, not how they were, but how they should have been since the beginning, then you cry out to him. With every head bowed and every eye closed, man, if you need Jesus today, You just say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you are who you say you are. I believe that you'll do what you say you'll do. Because I believe that you were born of a virgin and laid in that manger. I believe you lived a perfect life I couldn't live. I believe you died to pay the price for my sins. I believe that you rose from the dead to prove it was true. And I believe you'll save me right now if I just ask. So Lord Jesus, save me. Heal me bring me to life because I proclaim you are my God my king, my savior my everything with every head bowed and every eye still closed man this is encounter this is what encounter is all about Man, with every head bowed and every eye closed, just me and Pastor Brent are looking, man, if you prayed that prayer today, if you cried out to Jesus Christ unto salvation in real faith, man, if you prayed that and you believe it, man, lift your hand up just as big and high as you can lift it so that we can see it, man. This one here, thank you, and that one, and this one over here, and that one back there, and this one here in the front, and this one right here. Hey, you can put them down. Pastor Brent's got you. Don't leave here until you talk to him. We want to talk to you about your next steps in following Jesus. We want to talk about baptism and discipleship and all the things. We don't want to count you as a number and then abandon you. We don't do that. This is not about attraction. This is about authenticity. But what I want right now is for the Way Church to celebrate seven or eight people that just gave their life to Christ up here today on the day after Christmas. Come on! Would you guys stand to your feet real quick? 
Man, who needs an encounter with Jesus today? I'm just saying, who needs an encounter with Jesus today? I'm going to open up this altar, man, as our worship team sings. If you just need an encounter. Man, man, if you just need an encounter, if you just need that nail-scarred hand to be laid on your shoulder, if you just need one of them words of encouragement that comes from God, if you just need an encounter, man, just come and pray. Just come and pray, and let's watch the Holy Spirit just rock this place. Let's pray. Come on, man, let's pray for encounter. Let's pray for encounter. Oh. Thank you.